Hey everybody, Case here. Uh, I gotta do a quick apology before we start this week's episode. Unfortunately, my mic is kaput, so I'm having to use a backup microphone. So my quality of this episode is not gonna be the best, but I hope you enjoy the episode anyway. Go ahead and roll that intro. Welcome back, guys, to the podcast. Into the cargo hold. Uh, we're very excited to present you our opinions and thoughts on this second episode. What do you think, Case? Man, I'm so excited to talk about this week's episode. It was fantastic. Such a upgrade from the first episode that came out. Um, episode two, titled The Tribes of Tatooine, was a major improvement for the Book of Boba Fett. What did you think? I, I think so, too. I wish they would have actually opened up with the second episode instead of the first. Mm-hmm. It is uh, what the kids call it nowadays, a banger. Did I say <laughs> that right? I think you did. Yes, it was great. I really enjoyed it. It was uh, filled with uh, a lot of action, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, I guess, what we wanted to see from Boba Fett. Absolutely, yeah. So we're going to do like we did last week. We're going to go through break down the episode, give our ratings, and then some predictions at the end. Before we do that, Eber, what do we have to do first? Whatever platform you guys are listening on, make sure you subscribe, like, you know, if you're on YouTube, turn on that ringer notification so Mm -hmm. you'll be notified whenever we upload new videos and you won't miss out. And uh, if you're on Spotify, well, hey, (laughs) I don't know how things work over there. (laughs) If you're on Spotify, (laughs) same rules apply. You can like uh, subscribe, put on notifications, all that jazz, anything to support the show, truly. Mm-hmm. Anything really helps out. But uh, without further ado, let's get into this. All right. So the episode opens up. We pick back off in the present day. Um, Fennec is bringing in one of the uh, assassins that she captured from the last episode. Mm-hmm. And they bring him into... Boba's throne room and they're trying to figure out who sent the assassin and this guy is just not talking no. uh, and so, so um, they threaten him with uh, the what did they threaten him with the, what's the monster called so at first they threatened to cut his head off but it didn't really seem to face him that much and it, oh yeah because he was ready like to die you right, right prepared to just go out yeah um and we find out that he's from this group called the order of the night wind which i think is a new new group for star wars is it never heard of it Mm-mm, i haven't either um but yeah so they Phoenix says okay well if you're not afraid to get your head chopped off um maybe you're afraid of the rancor uh, and so she pushes the button and the pit opens and the guard falls in the pit. Now, of course, the guard is uh, scared to death of the Rancor because it's this huge monster we see in Return of the Jedi. But from Return of the Jedi, we see that um, the Rancor is actually no more, that Luke kills the Rancor in that movie. So we, as the audience, kind of know that there's nothing behind the door. Uh, but the guard doesn't know that, and he's really, really scared. And he confesses that the person that sent him was the mayor. The which, mayor, which was, was one of our um, predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was my prediction for this episode that we were going to mm-hmm. see more that more about the mayor. 
so yeah this guy cracks under pressure pretty easily it turns out um pretty easily that's all it took mm -hmm. so they decide to go pay the mayor a little visit and boba finnick the assassin and his two gamorian guards go to town and they go to the mayor's office and there's this kind of funny scene where it's like a clerk at the desk he's like trying yeah. to find an appointment and he's like what's your name uh no no appointments for fet <laughs> you know <laughs> and then we yeah. see the uh the major domo we saw from the first episode the twi'lek who came to inform boba of the mayor and everything like that he comes up and he just steps in and once again with the litter thing he's like oh i'm sorry i didn't see you come in i didn't see your litter it's like does everybody <laughs> go around on litters <laughs> i guess so i guess yeah <laughs> um i also want to add that um that we missed out uh about the uh the mayor's uh the the uh the girl who owns the bar and uh they do you think they have a uh mutual connection or of some sort that's something i want to touch on a little later because i will go ahead and say that i really really enjoyed this episode but there was one thing holding it back for me and um i want to save that for a little later because we're gonna get to garza um the person you're talking about garza flip and mm -hmm. the mayor i think it's hard to tell if there's a connection or not um so i want to save that for a few minutes okay yeah but the major domo basically says like hey guys sorry the mayor's all booked up you can't come in but boba's not having it he just waltzes right through into the mayor's office and i really 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 liked the mayor um as far as like just the technical design you could tell that it was an animatronic you know it wasn't cgi or anything it was an actual kind of almost like a human-sized puppet, right? Yeah. And it was a really cool design. It's an Athorian. The mayor is an Athorian, which is an alien species in Star Wars. They mm -hmm. have this kind of weird, almost snail-like appearance with the eye stalks, you know? Yeah, and the mouth was on, the, on, on mm -hmm. his neck? Yes. On the side of his neck? So a really cool detail translator yes yeah it's a really cool detail the, the mouths of athorians are run down the sides of their necks but you could see that he had some kind of translator on his neck and you could even hear he was talking in alien language but it was english that was coming out through the translator mm -hmm. so that was a really cool really cool detail and uh, fun fact, if you didn't know, the Thorian mayor was actually voiced by Robert Rodriguez, who is the executive producer and director of The Book of Boba Fett. He didn't direct this episode, uh, but he did direct the last one. We talked a lot about him on last <laughs> week's episode. Wait, why didn't he direct this one? Well, they, much like The Mandalorian, they change it up. They have different oh. directors for episodes, but... Um, from what the reports have come out, Robert uh, directed three out of the seven. So he directed more than anybody else, but uh, he did not direct this one. I believe this one was directed by Steph Green, if I remember correctly. Okay. So props to Steph Green. Yes, props to Steph, because this was a great episode. This was a really great episode. <laughs> no shade. Just, you know, <laughs> I wish he could have opened up with this one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I do think this this series would have benefited from having a double episode premiere, much like The Mandalorian had. I think some of the Marvel shows did that too, like two episodes on the first week. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Book of Boba Fett could have, could have benefited from that. I would have enjoyed it for sure. Mm-hmm. So they go into the mayor's office and we get that really cool scene where uh, the mayor's like, who is this who enters unannounced? And Boba says, you know, damn well, who, <laughs> you know, um, but it's very interesting. What happens here is very kind of odd, but in a very mysterious way. So Boba presents who he presumes is the mayor's assassin, right? Yeah. But the mayor seems kind of confused at why Boba's in his office. And Boba's like, well, you know, um, if you don't even know who I am, why would you send an assassin after me? And the mayor realizes that this assassin is from the Nightwind, which apparently, according to the mayor, are actually um, outlawed from this region. Um, It's no longer under hut control. And the mayor says that these assassins can only operate in hut space. So the mayor motions for one of his guards to kill the assassin and everybody pulls out their guns you know like the mayor just started you know the shootout but no he says that since this is an illegal assassin he decides uh to pay boba a bounty i guess he assumes that boba is still a bounty hunter yeah and boba seems a little offended at first he's like hey i'm not a bounty hunter anymore and the mayor's like oh i heard otherwise but I know you sit on the throne of your former employer. And Boba's like, yeah, yeah, uh, I sit on uh, Jabba's throne now, and it's my throne now. Yeah, and he, he makes himself uh, known, mm-hmm. like, what he is now. Which right. Which is really cool. And so Boba takes the payment, but I like that he says, not for it, you know, not as bounty work, but instead is what you should have brought me uh, for tribute. Yeah. And a really cool little detail, like this just shows how much like how much work goes into these Star Wars animatronics and puppets. It's like brings me back to the original trilogy with like Yoda and Jabba. But when Popa says that line, that kind of snide comment about how this should have been the tribute in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, the authority and the mayor's eyes actually get squinted. If you look really carefully, like he's kind of snarling with just his eyes, you know. <laughs> And so Boba takes the payment and he's about to leave. And this is where things get interesting because the mayor says, now, hold on a minute. Before you leave and before you start making threats to me, ask yourself this. Why would I send an assassin after you? And so um, we talked in last episode about how this show is kind of making a connection to Fueled of Japan and its kind of uh, governing system where you have the daimyos who are like landowners. And then you have the shogun who is kind of the governor of all the lands, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, we predicted correctly last episode that the mayor would be the shogun type in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And it uh, ended up being true because the mayor says – that he operates at their pleasure, right? That the daimyo of Tatooine only allow the mayor to be Shogun as long as it benefits them, right? So that's where things get weird because the mayor says, hey, um, I work for you pretty much. Why would I want to kill you, right? Yeah. He says, here's the tribute I offer, a piece of advice. Running a family is harder than bounty hunting. And Boba's a little confused at this, and so the mayor just clears it up, and he says, why don't you go pay Madame Garza a visit? And 
ever, you were right, because last episode, you were very, very suspicious of the Twilight Garsif whip. Mm-hmm. You said she just had a uh, something about her, and it turns out that there was something about her. So uh, were you excited <laughs> to have yeah. your <laughs> theory proven? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just, that was weird. But I guess uh found out that uh, she was not the one who sent out the assassin. So this is my this is my problem with the episode, right? So Boba and Fennec go to Garza's sanctuary, right? Yeah. And we can see that Garza looks very surprised to see Boba. And Boba's a little aggravated and he's like, okay, what's, what's going, going on? on? Yeah, there's something information you're holding back from me. And what's my issue with this episode is that by the end of it, we still really don't know who sent the assassins. Um, it maybe could have been the mayor. It could have been. It's implied. Basically, the way events go is that it's in, the assassin says he was sent by the mayor. But the mayor says no, it wasn't me. It was. I, I guess he kind of alludes that it was Garza Whip. Yeah. But when Boba and Fennec go to her sanctuary, Boba really doesn't ask her if she sent the assassins. He just asks what's going on, and she says that the huts have returned to Tatooine. Yeah. The twins. Mm-hmm. And so then they Boba confronts them, and we'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But we still really never get an explanation to who sent the assassins. Was it Garza? Was it the Huts? Was it the mayor? I think it was the Huts for sure. Because even like this is later on, but uh when they were when Boba Fett confronted them, uh they even said it. They were like, "We should just kill you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a that's a clear motive right there. <laughs> it is. I just wish we could could have gotten a clear saying I mean, yeah. because it is a little confusing, especially when um you have to always be careful when you write um what's the right word misdirections where the assassin says it's the mayor the mayor says it's garza garza doesn't say anything and so it's implied that it's the huts but an implication doesn't really work at least for me in this scenario just because there's so many suspects and it's kind of getting thrown around um so i wonder if this maybe will come up again in the show of who sent the assassins because if it was garza that means boba can't trust her at all right yeah um and even then, it seems like if she didn't send them and it was the Huts, maybe she knew about it. Because she definitely seemed um, surprised to see Boba and seemed very nervous about him yeah, returning I to her. Just wouldn't trust her in general. She just has a weird vibe all around. Mm-hmm. And so, it's also weird that everything happened like after they left her um, right. bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. that, that does seem fishy. Yeah, especially now. So, um, yeah, Boba goes to Garza's bar and she tells him the twins have come to Tatooine and Boba says, nah, they're preoccupied with stuff on now Hutta, which is the planet home of the huts. But then we hear some ominous drums coming from outside. I know. And the whole like the music in the bar stops and everybody's turning heads and Boba goes outside. And what do we see? We see two hut twins being cared on a litter what is their name do you know mm, what are no. their names i believe no. these are new characters, new characters. Mm-hmm. 
And I like that. I like yeah. how um they're adding two Star Wars. Not like there need there's needs to be new stuff, but it's it's really nice to see new things like being added. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always cool. And these are two very cool, like I like the idea of like two twin huts, you know? Yeah. Um and it seems to be a brother and a sister. Mm-hmm. And I felt really, really bad for the people having to carry them. Um, <laughs> like the, the middle of their and litter was like Boeing. Do you know the uh, people that were carrying the hut? There were, there were some humans in there. There were some Twi'leks. And I think there were some Nikto, maybe some Weequays in there, which are just kind of, um, I call them raisin faces because they have like, their faces just look like raisins. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I felt really bad for them. Probably not good for their back. No, I don't imagine they have no. very good health insurance either. <laughs> they are heavy, heavy creatures. Mm-hmm. But... And so we get this really cool standoff where the huts come and they claim ownership of Jabba's territories. Mm-hmm. But Boba's not budging. And nope. he, he says, Boba does Boba. Uh-huh. He is not giving up. Uh, you know, he worked hard for this and they can't have it. And basically saying they'll have to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he I think he does outright say that at one yeah. point. He says, If you want me, you'll have or if you want my stuff, you're gonna have to kill me for it. Yeah. And um, we get a really, really cool cameo here. I was so shocked that this character made their live action appearance. This is a little bit of Star Wars history. Um, yes, way back in the I've day, wanting to hear this, <laughs> way back in the day. Uh, Saw Gerrera was a Clone Wars character who came from the Clone Wars to live action in Rogue One. Then we had our very so he was the first Clone Wars like animated live action appearance. Then uh, in the Mandalorian season two, Cobb Vant, the Marshal of Mos Pelgo, he was another Star Wars historical character because he was the first character to come from a novel to live action. And to on this episode of uh the book of boba fett there was another star wars historical moment we got our first comic book to live action character uh that character being black kersantan who is a bounty hunter wookie uh he's a gladiator really really menacing really cool so um, yes are they friends so it's um very glad you asked that. So, Black Crescenton is in the Star Wars comics, and I'm loosely familiar with them. I haven't read all of them. I've only read some of them. But I had read enough to immediately recognize his black fur and his gold-plated <laughs> armor. Um, so, Black Crescenton is a bounty hunter, which means that uh, he knows Boba Fett, and we even see them work together in the comics. Yeah. But are they friends? No. In fact, that would go as I don't even know if I would call them really acquaintances. I mean, they do know each other. They're aware of each other. And they've, and they've just done jobs together. Mm-hmm, correct. Okay, and okay. if you, bounty hunters in Star Wars really have no allegiance to one another. Yeah. They'll work together and things like that. But Boba's doing his thing and Black Crescenton's doing his thing. And it, their paths are seemingly butting heads. So I don't suspect one of them will come out the other end alive. <laughs> But That's unfortunate. Yes, Black Crescenton is such a cool character. I mean, a he a is. evil his, Wookie. Like, um, his introduction, you mm-hmm. know, it was just like slow motion, badass music in the background, mm-hmm. and he just it, comes out. It the, was really cool. And I was like, 
who is he? Because uh, the show made it seem like he was a big character. So for like, sure, yes. All right, he's going to be important. I'm so proud of you for picking up on the cinematography cues. Look at that. You're learning all kinds <laughs> of stuff about film. Yes, you're right. The show definitely makes a point so mm-hmm. that you see that character and you're like, okay, this is somebody important, right? Yeah. And um, you really kind of have to be a big Star Wars nerd to know who Black Crescenton is, because like I said, he's a up until this point, he was a comic book only character. He wasn't in the Clone Wars or anything like that. He's only in the comic books and only a small fraction of Star Wars fans probably even read the comics. (laughs) Um, That being said, I'm so excited for Black Crescenton to be in this show. He was always a really cool (laughs) character in the comics. And uh, seeing him in live action, he looks great. He sounds great. He doesn't sound like a typical Wookiee. He sounds more like a a lion almost, you know, with these deep growls and and everything. Um, Something, Eber, that you might be excited to learn about Black Crescenton is he actually has maybe a chance to appear in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Really? So, so you really can't see it in the live action appearance of Black Crescenton. If you look really closely in some shots, you can see, um, but it's much more prominent in the comics. But he has a scar over his uh, left eye. Mm-hmm. I'm and, looking at the picture of him right now. And in the comics, that scar was given to him by none other than Obi Wan Kenobi. And in fact, um, they did fight each other, and it was during the time that the Obi Wan show is going to take place. So it is really, really possible that Black Crescenton makes an appearance in the Obi Wan show, since that's a big part of his character is fighting Obi Wan and getting that iconic scar over his oh, left eye. Yeah. That is crazy. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really excited about Black Crescenton, a character that. I never expected to be in this show, um, nor ever really make it to live action since he is such a kind of obscure Star Wars character. But really excited to see him. Yeah, that is that is really cool. I just in general, his whole character was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to see more of him. Um, I hope yeah. he gets a really cool one-on-one fight scene since he is a gladiator and he has oh yeah i could definitely see that happening but what is he my question is Mm -hmm. what is he doing with the huts it looks like he's their main source of muscle it looks like they're yeah that's what rolling him yeah so he's a bounty hunter why would he so bounty hunters this is kind of a funny thing about star wars bounty hunters in star wars really translate to mercenary (laughs) you know most bounty hunters in star wars will do bounty work assassinations mercenary gun for hire you know you name it they'll do it and so it seems like black crescenton is just being paid to be their bodyguard yeah their muscle and um yeah really excited i hope i mean he's gonna make another appearance in this show um Probably. I'm just like so excited to see him actually get in some action scenes, you know, and, and he's just so cool. I can't. <laughs> yeah. No, he he is really cool. He's really big too. Compared yes. To <laughs> he's massive. <laughs> I can definitely see a big fight scene. Mm-hmm. Big CGI fight scene. I hope so. I hope we get something really cool between them. Um, so the huts come and they declare that they want Boba stuff and Boba's not budging. And so they, they do Boba does say that, um, you know, if they want his 
territory and they want his things, they'll have to kill him. And one of the huts does say um, bloodshed is bad for business. I don't think they can just <laughs> or maybe they don't want to just kill him in broad daylight. So they tell Boba to sleep lightly and they turn around and they they go back the way they came. So it's, it's not over with these huts yet. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is Fennec kind of says the same thing to Boba after the huts leave. She's like, hey, you know, we can't kill them without getting permission. Boba's like, yeah, yeah I know. What does that mean? So I we don't that and I was like, what do you mean permission? <laughs> it's an <I'm>... outlawed. <laughs> right. Basically. So I imagine the permission that they're talking about is simply from the other hut or let me broaden it probably other crime syndicates um we know as the mayor himself says running a family is more complicated than bounty hunting and so in kind of classic mafia uh, storytelling you have to kind of get the blessing from other uh, leaders of other organizations to mm-hmm. ex out another one right so we don't really know all the circumstances. I wish the show would go a little bit more into detail of this, and maybe it will, but we don't really know how the crime world works in Star Wars. So Fennec says you have to get permission to kill a hut. However, um, we saw in The Mandalorian, Boba strolled into Jabba's palace and killed Bib Fortuna and took his throne. Now, Bib Fortuna was not a hut, but I think it, to a certain extent, you can almost imply that Bib Fortuna was kind of holding Jabba's palace and he was probably being overseen by the huts, right? Yeah. Um, they probably didn't have somebody to put on the throne at the time or they were busy with other things and they thought, we'll just let this guy run it until we're ready to take it. And then Boba came in, took it for himself, and they're like, all right, that's not going to work. So it's a little confusing as to how exactly it works, but I'm going to go ahead and put in a prediction that next episode we've seen in the trailers this scene where Boba is sitting at a dinner table with some other crime lords. Mm-hmm. I think in that scene he'll be asking for their blessing to go kill the huts. I think that will be kind of what uh, is going on there. Uh, he might get some resistance. Maybe they're like, nah, we'd probably prefer the huts over Boba. Maybe they've got a good thing going with the huts so they don't want to kill them. Yeah. Um, um, so a uh, random question that's mm-hmm. been out there. Um, is this a lawless universe? Right. What is the law, you know? Who yes. Is, you know, is there authority? Like, is there cops, police? In a way. So especially right now at the place that the Book of Boba Fett is taking place in, it's right after the destruction. Well, not right after, but it's been some time since the Empire was destroyed and the New mm-hmm. Republic has taken form. But the Star Wars galaxy is very, very, very big. So the further you get away from Coruscant and the core worlds, the less political power there is. And Tatooine is like, you know, if yeah. Coruscant is, let's say, New York City then Tatooine is like somewhere down in Central America, right? Like it's almost not even part of the same government. And in a lot of ways it's not. Um, so yeah, Tatooine is a lawless planet because it's just so far away from the, the government of the galaxy that you can do a lot and get away with a lot there. And it will maybe be a few years before the cops ever become savvy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in Star Wars history and things, um, the governments usually try to form alliances. Um, I think even at one point the Republic was allied with the Huts because they just did not have the manpower to go out there and, um, you know, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just um, get political and put military out in the outer rim. So instead they form alliances with the huts and they say, hey, if you act right, we'll let you keep your power. We just need you to watch over these areas yeah. for us, right? And yeah, the huts still did illegal things, but at the expense of, you know, kind of having a connection with the huts, they kind of work together with the republic. Uh, but at this time, it doesn't seem like the huts are as powerful as they once were. The government has changed hands from the empire to the new republic. So, yes, to answer your question in a really roundabout way, it's completely lawless right now. Yeah. There is the government is not even close to being strong enough to govern a world like Tatooine. Like I said, it is light years and light years away from the main political powers of Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious about that because it seems like anybody can go out and just kill somebody. Right. Yeah. It's uh, definitely a lawless galaxy. Maybe we'll see Boba go to Coruscant. But I think it's been like, like that. that, right? Tatooine in general has always <laughs> just been a gateway place for. I guess for sure criminals. yeah if you can remember back to episode one um mm-hmm. where um their ship is stranded on tattooing qui-gon and the uh, queen amidala qui-gon tries to go buy a new hyperdrive yeah. and wado the alien guy with the wings um yeah <laughs> he, he won't accept um his credits because qui-gon only has republic credits and Watto's like, that money's no good out here. The Republic doesn't exist out here. I can't spend government money because there's no government out here, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Tatooine is, like you said, it's always been a place for criminals to lie low and do their thing. It's just completely lawless planet. Yeah. So, after the huts leave and Boba and Fennec try to figure out what they want to do about it, we go back to the flashback. We go back to the past of Boba living with the Tuscan tribe. Mm-hmm. And we see Boba is training with a gaffy stick kind of thing. He's training how to fight. Um, and that was this fun to watch. This is where um, all the action comes in. And mm-hmm. like the good stuff, I want to say. Um, yeah. But it also shows, uh, like, again, uh, our main point, I guess, for the show is respect. Mm-hmm. You know? Because... Uh, when he get these when he gets these flashbacks it, it shows uh you know he's now i guess part of the tribe mm-hmm. and he's learning their ways yes yeah it seems that when we see at the end of the episode that yeah he's a part of the tribe he gets his robes and he gets his own gaffy stick and things like that and he's 100 a tuscan now but um yeah he, it took bobo a while to earn the respect but at this point in the flashback he's still um He's still, I guess, kind of loosely a part of the tribe. They're training him, mm-hmm. things like that. But he's not tied up anymore. I mean, he's <laughs> right. having to search for uh, gores of water. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think in this episode, Boba calls them melons. And even stranger, he says, he doesn't say they're full of water. He says they're full <laughs> of milk. That's gross. Yeah, it's gross. That's gross. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's a hot place. I don't. Hot curdled melon milk. <laughs> so during this but, flashback, um, yeah, yeah, Boba's training, and then we hear something in the distance. And at first, I thought it was going to be the crate dragon that we saw in the Mandalorian, but it, no, it's not. It's actually a train, a hovering train mm-hmm. in the desert. 
there's no railroads. No, who needs no them? Yeah. <laughs> and but, um, they start shooting at them mm-hmm. for no reason. But like, why? Uh, assuming it's just because um, they're just uh, Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, I guess there's a little prejudice going on there. I think it, later in the episode that the people aboard the train are actually the Pikes, and the Pikes are a race we've seen in Star Wars quite a lot now. They mm-hmm. first appeared in the Clone Wars, and they were a part of a Darth Maul's Shadow Collective. And um, we saw them also in the Solo movie. They were the people, the aliens that were running that Kessel Mine. So yeah. this is once again kind of a lending a little credence that Crimson Dawn and Kira could show up in the Book of Boba Fett. Since the Pikes are loosely affiliated with Crimson Dawn, they do work together. Yeah. And so we see that uh, the Pikes are running a train of, looks like, supplies, ammunition. We see a little later also running Spice. We'll talk about that a little later. But, yeah, they just open fire on this Tuscan tribe, I guess, just because they can. I think later they do say that they felt threatened but i mean come on <laughs> they're way <laughs> and, uh, off in the distance and uh, they had a high velocity uh train mm-hmm. and later on we see um and i may be getting a little bit ahead of myself but uh you know uh, boba training them how to ride speeders so they don't oh, even yes. know how to ride speeders right. so there's no way they could chase them but it was just prejudice I, I think so. Um, if, if you can't, if you haven't already kind of uh, seen this show, especially these parts with the Tuskins and Boba, is very much, um, I would say, in, inspired by some um, stories we've seen of um, early America with the Native Americans and the colonials. You know, um, people have compared this to movies like Dance with Wolves, where, you know, they, the Tuskins are just, they're just a tribe trying to survive. But uh, due to off-worlders and just colonizers, they've really struggled. And uh, so they feel very threatened by anyone who's not a Tuscan. And so they even said, um, or the Tuscan Raiders have even said, uh, like, they're afraid because of all these new machines being mm -hmm. made. And um, I I can see that. (laughs) They honestly really don't have any power. No. Because, like, I have said this again. Uh, they don't even know how to ride speeders, so right, you know, and that's like, a pretty basic. Yeah, I yeah. guess they just didn't evolve with the world. Right. Yeah. Um, that is very much a parallel to real life colonization of America and and other countries for that matter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, the Tuscans are at this point they are just kind of all they can do is survive against living. other people. Right. They are just living. Honestly, it's it's a sad thing. They are brutal, I guess, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and later on, we hear that there's different tribes. But yes, just in general, there are they are brutal. But I guess you kind of have to go out and search for them, mm-hmm. to, you know, be in a bad position. But other than that, it's not like they are coming out and finding you. Right, you know, right. You got to mess with them first to like. But um, yeah. yeah. Um, it is a sad, sad situation. For it is. Right and now. I think Boba realizes that. And that's why he's kind of motivated to help them, you know, because yeah. we see after the train attacks, they're they're burning their dead. And it's quite a large pile of, of dead Tuscans. And they were, they were killed for nothing, essentially. You know, they just got killed by a passing train. 
And so Boba decides he's going to do something. And while he's drinking the milk of a, of a melon, <laughs> he, <laughs> he sees uh, that biker gang for episode one, kind of off in the distance riding mm-hmm. in the night. And he, mm-hmm. and he gets a, uh, gets an idea. He's just standing there with the, with the watermelon. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's, it's like a, light switch just goes off <laughs> it is yes yeah. so he concocts a plan to go he convinces the tuscan chief to give him a rifle and a gaffy stick and he's like i will be back by morning i have a plan to stop the train so boba wanders out in the desert and he finds the um the bar where all of these uh, bikers are at mm-hmm and this is another cool kind of Star Wars lore moment, but this uh, bar location we see in there's when we go inside, we see that the these uh, biker guys are like just kind of causing trouble, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's a. Um, um, uh, <coughs> so uh, another thing that I noticed is mm-hmm. the show kind of made because uh, in the bar, there's this couple, right? Mm hmm. I feel like they're important in some way or they're going to be brought back or there's going to some there's going to be something involving them because it's just like kind of random that they they were there. Mm-hmm. So and like why why are we seeing them? All right, so here's your Star Wars lore moment. Uh this location and those two people, the couple we see is actually a really weird Star Wars connection because they are from a deleted scene of A New Hope. Um, in A New Hope, there is going to be a scene where Luke goes to a place called Tashi Station, which mm-hmm. seems to be like a little bar hangout place. And he was going to go hang out with some of his friends. And two of those friends are Fixer and Kami. And that is, that is the couple in the bar. So you can Whoa. actually go and watch that deleted scene on YouTube and you'll that see. Is you know, crazy. It's that the same crazy. set, uh, the different actors, obviously, but they look just alike. Um, the original actors from the deleted scene. So maybe they'll show up in the show again, but I think mostly that was just a kind that of was just cameo. Yeah, just a cool cameo that appearance. Was, that's really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. That's actually really cool. And so, yeah, these uh, hooligans are causing trouble in the in the bar and uh, the taking a fight with the couple. Mm-hmm. And the guy fixer actually stands up and he he says something, you know, and they start roughing him up. And then the doors open, almost like the saloon doors open. Everybody's head <laughs> yeah, turns and the bar fight, uh-huh. classic bar fights about to go down. And, and it's actually Boba Fett. He just walks in <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and he just starts. Uh, Beating up these biker games. Just starts a brawl. I've seen so many memes. I instantly thought of this, uh, but there's this meme going around. Um, it's one of those like Giga Chad memes, you know, you've seen on the <laughs> internet, but it's like yeah. uh, Boba's completely ripped in the picture and it's like goes into a bar, gets in a bar fight, just, you know, drinks a drink, leaves with no explanation, which is pretty much what happened. Uh, pretty, yeah. He starts a bar fight, beats up all these guys, drinks a drink off the counter, and then walks Pretty's right back they out. Deserved it. Yes, the they binders. did. Yeah, there was- and it was a really cool scene seeing Boba fight these guys. I loved when he picked that dude up, gave him like the meanest look I think I've ever seen, and then <laughs> threw him through that glass, um, whatever that thing was. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. It was just, it was just nice to see Boba get a win. Mm-hmm, absolutely. In, in, the, in his flashbacks. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. current time in the show, he's he's a daimyo. 
Right. Yeah. So but, it's like um, that thing started at the bottom. Now we at the top. <laughs> but uh, later on, we see him taking uh, the biker speeders mm-hmm. uh, back to the tribe, the Tuscan Raider tribe. And which um, I think that was really cool. It, yes. It was, it was just really cool. It was. And he tells there, the chief him riding through the sand with all of those bikes tied. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he tells the chief that his plan is to use the speeders to attack the train, but Tuscans don't know how to ride speeders. <laughs> and so um, where the Tuscans have been teaching Boba how to fight with the gaffy stick and, and parts of their culture, he decides to kind of return the favor and teach them how to ride speeder bikes. I like and, that little scene where like um, he walks into the drive and it's like showing the, the leader all like the speeders uh-huh and, <laughs> and uh it was like my gift to you and the tuscan raiders just start taking the speeders <laughs> <laughs> they start dismantling like savages. and um what's really funny is he's like stop stop if one of the if you look at the background, one of the tuscans <laughs> are still throwing pieces even after yeah. he's like talking <laughs> you know <laughs> And so uh, he starts training them how to ride the speeders. And this is just a great scene. I loved it. It's funny. It's, it's cool to watch, you know, it and, is, it is cool. and they're really struggling. It reminded me a lot of the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi where they ride speeder bikes too. And they're just like, they have no idea how to operate it. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> doing backflips and crazy stuff. And yeah. um, there's this really funny part where Boba's trying to like, it teach them the basics of how to stop and go. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's like a bantha. And he starts like acting like he's saddled on a bantha. And he's like, you know, uh, yeah. bouncing up and down in the seat. And they just don't get it at all. Get it. And then we see a Tuscan Raider get on and he goes <laughs> completely backwards. <laughs> Which is something he didn't even tell them how to do. He's like, no, go he's forward just... and stop. And they go backwards. Um but yeah, we get a really cool montage of them learning how to ride. We see he's one of the things he tries to teach them is how to jump from bike to bike. And that was just so funny. The Tuscan keeps missing Falling his off. jump. There yeah. was even one part where he jumped, he sat down in the seat, and then he just then fell he off. Fell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, but um, by but the end of the montage, they get it. Eventually, yeah, he <laughs> eventually was able to jump and sit down <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh yeah that was uh that that's his uh boba fett's plan to stop the train which we see later on mm-hmm. and uh, uh they're uh plotting this uh this this plan mm-hmm. uh, and what was the little tuscan raiders job just to warn them whenever the train was coming so he gives boba gives the uh, little tuscan raider like a piece of uh, like a mirror thing mm-hmm. and he shows him how to use the sun to like send a um like a flash like a signal yeah and so we see later in the plan that um when the train comes by all of the riders get on their speeder bikes and they ride out to the train and the little tuscan takes off kind of like further down the uh down in the desert yeah. And we see that he signals some Tuscans that have been posted like further down in like sniper positions. And yeah. he signals them to like get ready. And we see that they are like, you know, s- using their rifles to uh, eliminate some of the guys on the train for the yeah. speeder bikers because they're kind of having a hard time getting close to the train. Um, there's, I think one of the bikes gets shot like point blank and explodes. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw that. 
was crazy. But yeah, the train comes and then they execute their plan. They ride out. That was a really cool scene seeing them like in formation ride out uh, know, towards yeah, the train. Yeah. Before they like started riding out too. That was really cool. They were oh, just, yeah. uh, just uh, sitting there on their bikes, like getting ready and they were just pumping each other up. And they, yeah, that was really, really cool. That was really cool too. And it again, it shows, you know, like, like, oh, uh, you know, f- you could use fear, I guess, to like take over and like, you know, not get respect and just, I guess it would be easier. Mm-hmm. But um, you can see Boba Fett just doing it the long way, you know? Right, right. Uh, it, it pays off. Road. Yeah. And like, look at him now. That's right, man. Absolutely. Great analysis. Um, yeah, Boba could have easily just he really could have taken over. He I, I feel like he could have probably taken over this Tuscan Raider tribe. For sure. Yeah. Or he could have taken the speeder bikes and just left. Never saw yeah. him again, you know. Um, but no, he decides he's gonna teach them how to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And um and later on we see them uh boarding on the train. Mm-hmm. We after you know a couple casualties, uh there are losing some Tuscan Raiders, but um, uh, we can see them getting uh, onto the train and uh, that uh, the, the conductor, I guess you could say. Yes. Weird looking robot. It, what is he? I have no idea. And it almost looked stop motion to me. The way his limbs were moving, it looked very no, uh, stop motion. Look like I did not think he was going to end up being like that just pride like, even having a full body it was like a spider he only has yeah. a head like he had a full head just that's it no body no, no. <laughs> no. um we do see him jump out of the train and i thought he was gonna get like just busted up from the speed but no he actually <laughs> no. uh like uh what would you, wipes out in the sand and then his yeah. little what were arms turn into legs and he spider <laughs> crawls away <laughs> i know that was that was yucky that was yeah. <laughs> but, um, I feel like we are going to see him again just because he got away. <laughs> he could maybe he'll show up, get some new yeah, work at uh, Boba's new palace. Um, but yeah, they board the train and they're they're fighting and they get kind of stopped because some of the pikes, um, they're it's very reminiscent of that scene from Solo where they try to steal the cargo from that train, yeah, where they have these kind of pop up doors on top of the train. Yeah, And they're trying to use one of those for cover because they're currently pinned down further down the next train car. It's got all these pikes that popped up, you know, and, and uh, they're shooting at Boba and the Tuscans. It can't really seem to go any further. And then that main Tuscan that's been training Boba. Um, yeah, I guess they're before Boba, uh, their main fighter, mm-hmm. like I guess their muscle for the tribe. Right. Uh, she Shows comes up. in. And she crashes her oh, speeder. Is it, she? it is a she. Um, you know, Cheyenne actually said uh, that she thought it was a she as well. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Could be a he, but we weren't sure. I wasn't how so you, sure at first how either. You know? Um, I know because, I mean, we still don't know 100%, 10% sure. But we can be pretty positive because the person that has been playing that Tuscan is a woman and they refer to the character like she did like a small interview i think maybe it was just a tweet um but she referred to her character also as like a female so it just makes sense for you know for that um and even like you can kind of tell i mean she almost looks like she's wearing a veil over her like tuscan head wrap you know and yeah and um 
I wasn't sure at first, though, either, because we have seen another Tuscan tribe in Attack of the Clones, and the uh, females of the tribe actually wore different uh, headdresses and things like that. They had different outfits. Um, but it seems like this tribe doesn't have, it seems like it has like gender neutral uh, yeah. outfits and head wraps and things like that. So she crashes her speeder into the train, and we get this really cool uh, scene where she's like just gone through the train car you know yeah. fighting dudes and she's a fighter man she's cool i mean <laughs> she is really cool she had a really badass scene uh, mm-hmm. just like you said she ran her speeder into the train and jumped onto it mm-hmm. and then uh the train speeds up right you can see yes the conductor speeding up and she's struggling to hold on to the train yes but she manages to get inside and I help out Boba and the rest of the game because mm-hmm. they were pinned down. Right. And uh, so they keep moving closer and closer to the conductor car, but he seems it seems like he's overloading the engine to get these really big bursts of speed. Um, and it seems like every time he does it, he's making the, I guess, engine more unstable or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, at one point he... Uh, hit the, that that thruster and it blew one of the Tuscans away <laughs> and like launched them <laughs> back or backwards and um, Rip. Rip I, I think he survived I think it I think they caught him hopefully <laughs> <laughs> but Boba gets to the conductor car and he tried to get the droid to stop the train but he just bails he's <laughs> like we said he jumps out the window and crawls oh. away yeah and um but yeah. luckily, Boba Fett manages to figure out a way to stop it, mm-hmm. which what uh, which was a big lever, right? I guess it was yes. hard to pull, so he yeah. used his gaffy stick. Mm-hmm. Yes, he used his stick. Got the brake oh. to go down. Yeah, so was that to stop the, I guess, the thruster engine that was on top, or was mm-hmm. that to stop it from hovering? I think it was to stop it from hovering because from hovering, so it would hit the sand and, mm-hmm, and, and slow yeah. down. Yeah, because yeah. when he does pull that brake, the train does like a like almost nose dives into the sand. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it was to cut off the hover mechanism so that the train would just glide into the sand. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, the Boba and the Tuscans win, and they take all of the the pikes that were on the the train prisoner, mm-hmm. and uh, they're kind of leveraging boba's like okay who's the leader oh yeah and, and uh we see um uh boba fett sitting down on like the cargo mm-hmm. of the train and um like he's basically taking charge yes very reminiscent yeah, of like, where he ends up yeah. as a as a daimyo yeah you're like, right that was just really cool he's like at the very beginning at the start he was already taking charge mm-hmm and uh, yeah, it, it was also really cool where he's like, "Who's your leader?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, "Dang, taking taking care of business." I <laughs> know. And and uh, then uh, they uh, the Tuscan Raiders opening that big, uh, I guess, cargo of water. Yes, a huge water car. Yeah, and they're collecting the water, uh, which I was like cringing at that a little bit just because all the water was going into the sand. I was like, oh, turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They still got a little to learn about water conservation. I guess so, yeah. Um, But this is another scene where I was a little confused where Boba says, all right, who's the leader? And one of the pikes stands up and he's like, are you going to kill us? And Boba says, it depends on what you say 
or how you answer my next question. Yeah. And he asks if they're carrying spice. And spice in Star Wars is basically like cocaine. It's a drug. <laughs> and um, it seems like the Pike is trying to play dumb. He's like, oh, what is spice? What does it look like? And two of the Tuscans are carrying a box and they drop it and a bunch of spice falls out. And Boba's yeah. like, it looks like that. Um, so at first I thought maybe Boba was going to kill them because they were carrying spice. He seems to be very um, just anti-drugs. Like Boba's like, spice is not good. And that's actually something. Whoa. Okay. That's, uh, that took a left turn for me. Um, why? Okay. First of all, why does he care? Second of all, why did he, yeah, I've completely forgot he asked that. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. Forgot he asked that in the show. Because it doesn't really go anywhere. He asks them, and it no. seems like if they had spies, he was going to kill them, but they do have spies, and he lets them go. So I was a little confused. I was like, why did you even ask for that if you weren't going to do anything? Yeah, what was the point of that question? Um, but that's something they did take over from kind of the Legends EU Boba Fett before Disney bought Star Wars. Um, that was part of Boba Fett's character was that he was like a big, you know, don't do drugs. <laughs> it was a big no-no for him. <laughs> Um, why he's like that we don't really know i mean obviously drugs aren't good in star wars or in real life so it doesn't <laughs> really drugs. yeah really doesn't need explanation for why he's anti-spice yeah. but um it is kind of an interesting part of his character of uh, why he would be maybe it had something to do with the fact that the spice was mined uh through slaves because he does mention that the spies came from, or he asks, did the spies come from the, the slave mines on Kessel? So maybe it's less that he's against the spice and more against slavery, which would make sense since at one point his father Django was a slave. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it could really go either way. But like we said, uh, he asked the question, they answer, I guess, in what he didn't want to hear, they answered, yeah, we do have spies, but it doesn't seem to go anywhere. And oh, because later on, uh, he doesn't even talk about that Mm-mm. right he's just like um basically getting down to to the business of why he shot the tuscan raiders out of no like just right for no reason and then he basically tells them that they can't be on on the lands on the tuscan raider land because they're tuscan raider lands Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not free anymore, <laughs> right? Yeah, you get, and you I pay think the that toll. was also a really, really cool thing too. He's like uh, putting the Tuscan Raiders in like charge now. You mm-hmm. know? Like they're yes. making them uh, like have some sort of power. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. He says that um, if you want to come through these lands, you got to pay a you got to pay a price yeah. uh, for your protection. And if you decide to fight the Tuscans, just know that. Uh, I think he says the death will be dealt back to you tenfold. Yeah. So, you know, which and, um, those two like different dialogue, like, those are two different dialogues. It was like talking about the spice and mm-hmm. then talking about the toll that they have to pay if they want to come through those lands, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, that is really weird. Do you think it'll be brought back? It could be, maybe. Um, it did seem weird for him to mention the spice and then just kind of move on from it. Um, <laughs> the Tuscan Raiders just drop a box of spice. Right. And he's just like, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that could come up later. Um, but I I don't know. Uh, it seemed like, like you said, the point of this discussion was for him to set up that the Tuscans are now in charge. If you yeah. want to come through, you got to pay a toll. And um, he 
decides to let them live and he sends them on their way. He says, you're going to walk single file towards the high sun and it'll take <laughs> you to a, a, a spaceport where you can get off world. And he's like, be sure to spread the word. These are not free lands anymore. And what's really cool, kind of cool detail is that, you know, this flashback happens before the Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you remember, whenever Mando travels to Tatooine, he always has to pace some kind of toll to go through the Tuscan's land in that one episode um, in season one, where he's with that like kid bounty hunter and they're hunting uh, Fennec Shand. He actually yeah. gives the kids uh, binoculars to the Tuscans. It's like a, a peace offering so that they can move through the lands. <laughs> so it seems like that was Boba Fett's uh, that was, that's yeah. yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. And um, so, yeah, he sends the pikes on their way. And uh, that night, it seems that uh, Boba is talking with the chief and the tribe and they have a gift for him. <laughs> a strange gift, a different type of spice, if I could say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, um, a little lizard, little lizard buddy that crawls uh, inside your nose. <laughs> that's probably filled with spice. <laughs> you know, I almost that's wonder if that's what they... Because they before the lizard goes in Boba's nose, they actually like blow some powder in his face. Do they blow powder in his face? Yeah, you remember I he like remember. he the chief presents the lizard and Boba's really confused. He's like, Oh, a lizard, thank lizard. you. Now it will guide me. And then the, the chief like gets some powder on his hands and flicks it in. I can't tell if it's powder or water. Um, but he like flicks something at Boba's face and then the lizard shoots up his nose. And it's kind of hard to tell if it was sand, spice, water. They don't really make it clear. Yeah, I don't know. That, that was weird. But either way, that was not the weirdest part of that. No. Uh, the lizard actually goes inside Boba Fett's nose. And I thought it was uh, when I first saw that, and I thought that's where the lizard's going to live now, inside Boba Fett. Me too. I was kind of, I was upset <laughs> that they were going to make that explanation for why he's like being a good person, like a lizard's controlling his brain. I was like, yeah, was like no. No. <laughs> no, no, that's not no, what happens. No. It just no. makes him trip we, we see, um, We see the whole, the main purpose of that. We, we see what the whole purpose of that was, <laughs> which we'll talk about it in a few seconds. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it was I, I honestly don't remember what that was that was like blown into his face I don't know um, all I know is that Boba Fett tripped balls immediately afterwards <laughs> he was tripping hard um, and it was a really cool sequence where the sand was turning into waves and he was kind of know, was that an ocean before they do or mean, was yes. it just Tatooine was once a very Earth-like planet. It had grass, oceans. So uh, it was hard to tell if he was seeing the past of Tatooine or maybe his own past living on Camino because Camino is an ocean planet. Yeah. And uh, there were some other things. He was f- like flashing in and out of his armor, you know. Um, yeah. He walks up to the tree and the branches surround him and he's hallucinating that he's back in the Sarlacc pit, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's basically getting attacked by this tree mm-hmm. he's trying to get away and he uh ends up breaking the branch that's uh, mm-hmm. trapping him which uh that's that was the whole purpose of right. like, the trip was to get his very own gaffy stick correct i wonder if that's a rite of passage for all tuscans they have to trip 
uh, on lizard <laughs> and go pick out a stick. Why is know? it always that, you know? Because that's not the first time we've seen that in shows and movies, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I guess it's a common thing for like tribes to like get to go on a trip, a acid trip. <laughs> right. To, to uh, rite of passage. To like, yeah. That was, but it's, it was, it was cool, I guess. <laughs> I <laughs> it worked know. out. I guess so. But uh, later on, we see um, basically Boba Fett becoming a part of the tribe. Mm-hmm. You know? he, uh, he gets the ropes. In, in other words, respect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he gets the respect of the tribe. And he gets some really, we see he gets the robes that he had in the Mandalorian that like mm-hmm. really, and I got to tell you, man, those robes looked so soft. Like I imagine they're kind of itchy. <laughs> Because it kind of looked like wool or some kind of other fabric. I, I wouldn't like say that. itchy, but I 100% see what you're saying. Yeah, that those robes look comfortable. I was like, can I but, be in his place? <laughs> can I get robed like that? It looks so comfortable. But it must be really hot. <laughs> yeah, it's all black on a desert yeah. that's easily 195 degrees. <laughs> it, must be, it must get really hot. Yeah, black absorbs heat no <laughs> it um, does the star wars but, um, works different i think that was a cool scene as well like for sure getting suited up mm-hmm. yeah kind of goes back to the uh first episode where he got suited up in his mando armor you know yeah. but in this he's getting uh robed by the tuscans and it's uh just a really hood, cool mm-hmm. i think the hood was what did it for me that was really yeah. cool and uh after that they take him out to the desert to build his own gaffy stick a real another really cool scene of just him yeah you know meticulously you know carving it and and etching the design into it Mm -hmm. and man that was cool that was cool and uh at the end of the episode they do this uh this dance the whole tribe including boba fett does this dance with their sticks around a fire uh that made the episode for me that was <laughs> such that a was cool a yeah. satisfying scene because we see him boba go through the ringer like he was her prisoner he was you know being beaten and and uh, he was he looked he just looked terrible he was feeling terrible no water no food nothing nothing and he now from the bottom and that is the definition of starting from the bottom mm-hmm. and uh by the end of this episode he's a uh, as tuscan as any other tuscan raider you know mm-hmm. it was very very satisfying to see that and i think this is a good way to uh enter predictions uh because i have a couple of predictions i want to make all right you want to do the ratings first or do predictions first uh we can do the ratings first if you want all right we'll go ahead and do the ratings uh would you like to go first with your ratings for uh, the Book of Boba Fett episode two. Mm, this one was actually pretty great. It was great. Uh, I honestly wish it started off with um, uh, this as the first episode, but I am mm-hmm. gonna rate it a eight and a half hovering trains. At <laughs> uh, very nice. I'm I'm going to have to give this episode actually a well, well, hold on before. I give my rating. I, I'm interested to know why isn't it a what is holding this episode back for you? Why not the full ten out of ten? What's holding the episode back uh, for you? Um, 
just the uh the whole dynamic with the twin twin huts Mm -hmm. i feel like i wanted to hear more i I wanted to know more and i I don't know i just we still haven't gotten a clear plot of like what this show is going to be about Mm -hmm. which i guess it doesn't really have to have one you know i am 100 okay with just finding out more about boba fett who he is as a person Mm -hmm. but um you know, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I all right, that was good. Um, I'm gonna. I love this episode. I thought uh, this episode was a major improvement over the last one. I thought the cinematography was better. Uh, Steph Green, I think, did a better job. Uh, then episode one had some weird camera editing stuff. This episode didn't have any of that. I thought it looked <laughs> no, beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tim Morrison once again delivers with his performance. One hundred percent. Yeah. And um that whole train scene in general was just amazing. It was awesome. It was really great. With um, a little bit of a tribe action, like uh-huh. you know, Boba Fett getting respect from the tribe, getting suited up. That was just amazing as well. And I really loved I mean, as much as I'm loving these flashbacks, I'm just dying to get to the present day stuff because mm-hmm. it, my favorite part of this episode by far was um Boba meeting with the mayor. There's something about Boba going to the office, the mayor, such a cool designed character sitting on his own throne. It's a very intense scene. You don't know what's going to happen, who's going to shoot first, you know, if they're going to be able to talk it out. I love that kind of stuff, especially here where you have a guy wearing armor talking to an alien. Like that's just right up my alley. So I'm going to give this episode a nine out of 10, actually. Um, Nine out of 10. Absolutely. Uh, the only thing holding this episode back for me was the two loose ends we already talked about. One, we still don't know who sent the assassins. It was mm-hmm. kind of c- confusing the way that was portrayed. And the other one being the whole thing with Spice, with uh, Boba mentioning that, but it doesn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. Those two things kind of bothered me, but it was only one point worth of bothering because the other nine points come from just how much I loved this episode. So nine out of 10 hovering trains from me. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we still have a lot. Hopefully we'll get some answers here in the next couple episodes, but we still have a lot to find out. Mm-hmm. Like how does he get uh, his armor? Right. <clears throat> and um Another thing that I, I guess I wanted to mention in the first episode was, and I think this is going to be a big thing, or maybe it's not, maybe it's going to be like just a short scene, but um, what happens between, you know, him and the tribe? Like mm. eventually he, he's not with the tribe. That's right. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I wonder what's going to maybe it's probably just gonna be just like a normal scene where he's just like i have bigger things to do you know and Mm -hmm. it's like you know i'm gonna leave now just in a peaceful way you know but maybe maybe more goes on i've seen some predictions that maybe the tribe is slaughtered or or something like that i hope that's not what happens that is gonna be extremely sad Personally, I think what will happen 
is Boba's going to be living because here's the thing that I'm kind of worried the show is going to mess up is the timeline because remember <laughs> there's five years between Boba coming out of the Sarlacc and Boba meeting the Mandalorian there's a five year gap which means that Boba spent probably we don't know how long he's been with the tribe right it's presumed maybe a month or so yeah. I don't know it's hard to I doubt more than a year um but I'm I'm going to guess that Boba probably maybe spend several years with his Tuscan tribe and that it's actually the Mandalorian uh, season two where uh, the Mando and Cobb Vant team up with the other Tuscans to take down the Crate dragon. Yeah. That Boba Fett maybe catches wind of this. He goes to check it out and he sees uh, the Mandalorian with his armor and that's what sets him on his journey. Now he knows where his armor is and now he knows, you know, like how to go, or where to find it, I guess. Because up until this point in the show, Boba doesn't really show any interest in finding his armor or retrieving. We know he's going to retrieve his ship because we've seen that in some of the trailers of him going to Jabba's palace and, and yeah. getting the slave one. Um, something else we haven't seen yet is Boba meeting Fennec. We know that uh, Boba saves Fennec on Tatooine after she's left for dead. And mm -hmm. um, so that's something we've yet to see. So I wonder maybe... There's still a lot of gaps this show has to cover for us mm -hmm. yeah i think we probably still got two more episodes uh worth of flashbacks to be honest with you um, which, which is um again that that's what brought my rating down just a tad bit mm -hmm. because it, i feel like it's going a little bit slow oh for sure which, just, which i understand i'm okay with that as long as they have more seasons yeah i um it's gonna be hard to fit um two narratives because they really are two telling two different narratives the narrative of boba fett as a daimyo and the narrative is boba fett as a uh, a tuscan and um so i think one will have to give eventually as far as like which one's going to take the focus because like you said there's still not a plot for this show we know that the hut the twin huts have come and that boba is definitely going to clash with them but yeah. that's not a plot you know what i mean that's and uh, to be honest this is we're probably not going to get all of our answers. And this mm -hmm. is my prediction for just an overall uh, for season one. Uh, there, we're going to, there's going to be more info in season two for sure. Yeah. I, I think is, you're probably right. Going really slow and um, not everything is going to get answered because we're already uh, going to our third episode mm -hmm. and that uh, either a plot, comes in or it, it just doesn't I, I don't know <laughs> yeah at a certain point it's like if we get to episode six and the plot finally starts well there's <laughs> yeah. you know which is um, okay you know i'm okay with that i yeah. am enjoying this show so far um, even without a, a major plot but i do agree i think next episode we're gonna at a certain point like i said something's got to give they got to start a plot and um, so I'm going to predict, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I'm going to predict the next episode, we're going to get that scene, that dinner scene with Boba hosting some of the other crime lords. And I think in this scene, he will be um, trying to convince them to take down the huts. Yeah. And they may, I'm going to guess that they're probably going to be apprehensive because I would imagine that they would probably honestly like working with the huts more than Boba Fett. I mean, Boba Fett doesn't have as much experience. He doesn't have as much power. Um, yeah, but he is more respectable uh, as far as being a leader goes. He has that going for him, but you know, crime is cutthroat, and I don't know that that would be enough to tip the scales. True, true, and it's their their huts. 
So <laughs> the previous leader was a hut. So right, right. Um, why go different route? So I predict we'll see that. I really hope we see the mayor again. I just loved that design. I love seeing that uh, that massive. It's just something so original trilogy about that character. I mean, it's just because he's a puppet and he's not CGI. <laughs> yeah. um, but I really hope we see more of him because he was such a cool design. And um, we probably will. He he's not gone yet. <laughs> he's not dead. So right. he's. I think he's definitely going to be a big major uh, piece to the plot. I hope so. Um, I hope we see more bounty hunters. We saw Black Crusantin. Um No, yeah that that was that was that was. Cool. I didn't. I have no idea who he was until you told me. But um, just his introduction was really cool. Yes, really, really badass moment, and a really just honestly a, a cool character, you know. Yeah. Um, but the Huts have got a pretty sizable force. I mean, Black Crescenton on his own is is a force to be reckoned with. So I hope, um, maybe in the next episode or the episode after that, we'll see Boba assembling his own army, uh, getting some Whoa. more bounty hunters on his on his team. Cad Bane? Question maybe mark? Cad Bane. People of. <laughs> We are here's a, here's kind of a weird Star Wars thing. Um, so Dave Filoni, who is the creator of the Clone Wars and co-creator of the Mandalorian, yeah, uh, Dave Filoni has been listed to direct Episode Six of the Book of Boba Fett. But what's interesting about that, Eber, is that back in the Mandalorian season two, uh, Dave Filoni directed the episode. The only episode he directed that season was the one where Ahsoka made her appearance. Oh my god! So no way. I don't think it will be Ahsoka, but the point to be no. made here is that it will probably be a Clone Wars character since Dave Filoni was the creator of that. So <laughs> that would be so cool. Could Cad Bane show up episode six so. of the Mandalorian? So. Or not the Mandalorian book of Boba Fett? It seems kind of late to introduce a character to me. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But it's possible we anything still don't happen. Know. So yeah, anything could happen. Um, it is a show, so you know, anything anything could happen at any time. I'm but, really um yeah. It, I'm excited. I'm- Me too. I'm really interested to see how this show is going to tie in with other Mandovers. I wonder if Boba will go back to being a character in, in The Mandalorian in season three of The Mando, um, or if he'll stay to his own show and get a season two. And um, we know that it's going to tie in some way to this big climactic event that they've been talking about with all these shows, the Ahsoka show, Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian are going to tie in. But um we don't know if Boba is going to hop back in Mando season three or not. Um, maybe he stays in his own show for a little while. Could be. Uh, I do feel like it's going to be, like you said, uh, like a whole Avengers type mm-hmm. of situation where like there's this group, Mandalorian, Boba taking down the big, you know, big, big, bad guy. And like, mm-hmm. you know. They have to. I think they they'll tie in eventually. We still have yet to see Ahsoka, so that's true. Yeah, uh, we got and Obi Wan. What happens with Obi Wan? Obi the Obi Wan show could have a weird uh, tie in. I mean, that's not the I, first. I don't think it's. Well, I don't know. It's it's not the first time Star Wars has done a like weird prequel tie in. Um, <laughs> you know, where like even though the Obi Wan show is taking place 
many, many, many years before this Mando era, they could still um, introduce a character in that and then later have them reappear in the Mandalorian or something like that. Star Wars has done that kind of stuff uh, before. Yeah. So, do um, you have anything else for this episode ever? Uh, no. Uh, be safe out there, guys. This is the end. This, yeah. is, this is the end of our third episode um i had fun did you dude i had so much a good time talking to you and i really it makes it easier when the episode is really good and you can mm-hmm. talk it's always more fun to talk about the positives than the negatives yeah because um, then you just get like oh man there it's was a show a lot of things. There, there <laughs> yeah was a lot of info in this uh and that cameo showed up again the uh the elephant oh, max rebo yeah he yeah, did show rebo. up again <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when uh, the twin huts showed up, mm-hmm. he just he just stops playing. He turns around, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I do want to mention something real quick. You need to remind me to mention this. Um, this episode was an hour long almost compared to the first episode, which was like 40, 35-ish minutes. Oh, they could do that as well. Yeah, I think this show needs to be – each episode needs to be an hour long at least. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's something with The Mandalorian too. I mean, there's definitely a correlation between the length of the episode and the quality of the episode. Some of the Mandalorian's worst episodes were the shorter ones, and the best ones were the longer ones, right? Yeah. Same here. I mean, this episode was almost hour long, but it was so good. Last episode, we had some gripes about it, and it turns out it was on the shorter end of things. Mm-hmm. So I hope we continue to get 50-minute, 60-minute episodes that further as the series goes along. Yeah. More info, more stuff to talk about on the show. More stuff to talk about. Yes, that's what we need. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, this about wraps it up, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I love, I love talking about this. Uh, As you guys already know, I'm sure uh, (laughs) I'm not very educated in Star Wars, but uh, but I'm trying. You're you're getting there, man. You're getting uh some kind of like film cinematography stuff uh here and there too. So maybe an expert by the end of this. <laughs> Hope so. All right, guys. Thank you for so much for tuning in to the episode. We hope to see you next week for the Book of Boba Fett episode three. And uh until then, just stay safe, stay healthy, and drink your water. Drink your water. Drink your <laughs> uh melon milk. Ew. Oh, that's why we should have done the ratings. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Give it 9 out of 10 melon milks. No, probably a good thing we didn't do that. Yeah, no, that would <laughs> Alright, guys. Until All right. next time, into uh, the cargo hold. Yeah.